0: The move to electric is on, with Kia powering ahead in electric vehicle and plug-in hybrid technology. Take the impressive new Kia Nero EV, the multi-award-winning Kia EV6, or the stylish new Sportage PHEV. Make the right move. Order before December 23rd to avail of flexible finance offers and a super-value gift card worth €500. For more, see Kia.com. Kia. Movement that inspires.
1: or what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And I want to welcome everybody to the start of season seven, believe it or not, we're starting our seventh season of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And it absolutely would not happen if it wasn't for the best fans in the world. You lifers rock. You know you are. You're the ones out there every day sharing us and telling your friends and family members about us and getting people to subscribe. And, you know, just, you kill it. But it's against any fans in the world. And the patron members amongst the lifers, Thank you, thank you, thank you for the financial support, really makes us go, you know, your money's going to good use. Today, I am recording for the first time from my personal studio, that is correct, I actually have soundproof walls, I have all the stuff which we just got done doing the soundproofing this evening, um... And we were building a real-life, real-crime headquarters. And stay tuned. I'm going to put some pictures up on uh, social media as it comes along. But it's a work in progress. But we appreciate you all. We couldn't do it without you. And we love you all. And we thank you, patron members. If we owe you something. Don't be afraid to let us know uh, if we get behind or whatever. is pretty good about staying up on it. But just let us know. I mean, we don't bite. And uh patron members have taken Advantage of the annual membership. You save two months off the monthly fee. I appreciate that. And don't forget, you get your benefits automatically. So, that being said, stay tuned at the end of today's episode for some more podcast announcements. Okay. For the start of season seven, we're going to get back to some, uh, I don't really want to call it good stuff but i guess it is good stuff if you're a true crime fan I'm, I'm gonna tell you about a murder parts of it are pretty gruesome but i mean it's just a good murder case good solid case and good police work so i don't know how long it's gonna go y'all maybe an hour maybe two hours i don't know because you know i'm raw and unscripted so let's get started i gotta come up with a name for it. how about I on you eye on you that just came to my head And y'all know I'm raw and I'm unscripted and all that. So, but I do want to say thank you to uh, Chuck Hustmeyer, H U S T M Y R E, and uh, because I found some stuff in this book. After, I'll explain to you that the the book's called An Act of Kindness, and it's something I'm looking at for future episodes. And and I found this gem. So, anyway, let's get started. Back in May of. Ooh, May May of 2001, middle May to late May of 2001, just north of Jackson, Louisiana, which is in East Feliciana Parish, and I'm going to give you all some background on it. East Feliciana Parish is one parish away pretty much from Livingston, and if you thought Livingston was rural, You haven't seen shit until you see East Feliciano Parish. Now, let me tell you about that. I'm from East Feliciano Parish, okay? And the people here are the best in the world, some of the best in the world, but it's also the lowest property taxes in the state, and the parish has almost no taxable income like big businesses. I mean, it has a couple things, but not much. And it's yeah, pretty much, it's really rural and pretty poor and i hate to say it like that but it's a fact but i was born and raised here like i'm the sixth generation overton from here and my mother uh was my dad on my dad's side my dad's dad was a judge here until he died and then my mom's dad was the district attorney for this parish and the, the neighboring parish west Lushenna, for his entire career but anyway born and raised here Okay. And always kept a place for hunting season and would come up during hunting season and hunt and travel back to Livingston and still do to this day. Now, back in May of 2001, the, the parish, like I said, the, I mean, it's just no taxable income. The sheriff's office was run by Sheriff Talmadge Bunch who who had worked for the sheriff's office before and then became elected. And it was certainly no fault of Talmadges. I and mean, y'all know the sheriff's, sheriff's offices in Louisiana Get their income, not not all of it, but the, the, their their guaranteed income every year is they they collect off the tax base. Now the biggest tax base in East Feliciana Parish is landowners because it's like I said, it's really rural. It's a, a big time agriculture cultural, and like my family has a bunch of land now and we we'll grow trees, right? And and but again, keep in mind that it had the lowest property taxes in the state, so the sheriff's office. Really, the school system, all of the, the the government entities that split the tax base. I mean, it's not much to work with, right? But in East Feliciana Parish, it runs from East Baton Rouge Parish north to the Mississippi line, uh, uh, and it runs east to the St. Helena Parish line, uh, almost to Livingston Parish line, and. Uh, it runs west to the West Feliciana Parish line. Okay. So I'm just getting, giving you the geographics. I know a lot of people say, oh, we don't give a shit about that. And da, da, da. Well, that's the way I tell a story. So suck it up, Buttercup. So it's like I told you, it's really rural, a couple small towns. You have Clinton, which is where the courthouse is, oldest function of the courthouse in the state, I think, to this day, if I'm not incorrect on that. But the um, it's just a it's an old small town. You know, United States of America, and, and Clinton has the pretty much the courthouse square, and that's it. To this day, Clinton does not have a stoplight, a red and green light. They just put put up a caution light on the main highway on Main Street. So it's just sparsely populated, a lot of land. and um, Highway Ten, Louisiana Highway Ten, runs from east to west from the Saint Helena Parish line to the West Feliciana Parish Line. So that's your geographical divider. And it also runs right, that is Main Street in the town of Clinton and runs straight through Main Street in the town of Jackson, which is on uh, pretty much on the west side of the parish. So back on this day, I think it was like May 19th or something like that, in uh, 2001, this guy is riding, his tractor, riding a tractor doing some bush hogging. I'm going to explain that to you. For, you know, for those of you who know, you know that if you don't, this is, I mean, not sharing too much information. I'm just going to tell my stories and quit worrying about that. Here's the deal. Bush hogging is when you ride a tractor. A tractor has multiple uses. You can have the bucket on the front of the tractor to move stuff. You can have attachments on the back of the tractor to turn ground so you can plant. You can have a bush hog on the back. Um, the bush hog is when you go over fields that are overgrown, um, maybe a little bit of small trees and stuff you want to cut down. The bush hog is a heavy-duty cutting device, right? It's not what you want to cut your, your lawn with. It's not what it's made for. Now, they have attachments for the tractors that you can cut your lawn, like they you see, you see them doing on the uh, golf courses. But uh, so this, this guy's riding he, the the tractor, bush hogging some deer trails. Again, big thing in the East and West Parish is, is deer hunting, y'all. It's, that is a big part of the county, actually. And so he's he's riding his boss's land, cutting some of the deer trails, trying to keep them in check before hunting season comes. And he's back on the piece of property. It's north of the town of Jackson. On the Highway 10, just a couple miles, and in an area that when I grew up, we call this area kind of close to an area we call the Sticks. Uh, it's just a like a settlement, if you will. But it's north of Jackson, northeast of Jackson. So the guy's riding, you know, riding down a trail, riding a tractor, you know, bush hog and minding his own business. And he looks up through the bushes and he sees a white pickup truck. And it's like 2:30 in the afternoon, and he's like. That's you it's know, strange. It's too early for any kids to be out here you know, screwing or or uh, somebody to be whatever. Anyway, the, he just knew the truck wasn't supposed to be there, so he, he gets off the tractor and he goes to approach the truck. Before he gets to the truck, smell hits him, but he doesn't know what it is. Right? He's a hand. He's a, um, I mean he's a he's he's a hired hand. He's never been. He's never worked a homicide, but he said the smell hit him. And he, he approached the truck and he notices out of the, uh, where you put the gas in, the gas cap thing is open and there's a t shirt stuffed in it and it's got some flame marks, like um, scorch marks on the bottom of it. Like somebody shoved the t shirt into the gas tank and tried to light it on fire. He gets up to the truck and said the odor was really bad. The stench, if you will, was really bad. And he gets up to the truck and tries to look through the window. Well, you know what? That he can't see through the windows. There's some type of greasy film all over the windows blocking his view to see what's inside. But from what distorted, foggy view he could see, it didn't appear that there was a body, you know and at least not sitting up in the seat, right? But he thought, mm, shit i'm gonna, I'm gonna go get my boss, you know, the guy that owns the land. So he went and got his boss and his boss's wife, and they came back to the truck. And the landowner his boss walked up, and he's like, "Oh shit. And and they tried to look in the truck again through the windows, and they can't see him because there's this this funk, if you will, there's slime on the windows. Um, So the landowner, they back away from the smell, and the landowner calls the East Feliciana Parish Sheriff's Office. They dispatch a unit from... The town of Jackson, an officer, uh, Jackson, the town of, has a very small police department, but it's very close. I mean, this is right on the outskirts of the town. And so they sent an officer up. Now, the East Feliciana Parish Sheriff's Office at the time, maybe, if they were lucky, had two deputies, ten eight, or on duty for the entire parish. So they, I mean, if they'd had somebody close, they would have sent them, or not tied up in court or whatever. But they didn't have anybody, so they to the talent officer. And he gets up there, and he parks, and he gets out and meets the landowner, and they tell him what they have. And he said as he walked up, he could smell it, and he stopped. And he went back, and he borrowed a work glove from the the guy that was riding the tractor. And he went to the passenger side door, and he looked through, and he can't see anything because there's this stuff on the window, right? And he grabbed a door handle and pulled it open and... Snap, pulls it open, looks in, and at the same time as he's looking in, he's just hit with this wave nausea, this oh overwhelming funk odor that rolls out and he looks down and, and he's trying not to puke and he looks down and guess what? There is a body. And let me tell you what he saw. He's looking in on the passenger side. I say there's a body, there's a part of a body. He's looking in on the passenger side, and he looks in, and the whole truck is is covered with this um, nastiness, we'll call it, and I'll explain to you in a minute. And he looks over, and there, there are legs down uh, underneath where the driver's column is, and what's left of the body is draped over across the little hump. Now, that's a single-cab truck, y'all. Across the little hump in the floor in... What's left of the head is down on the passenger side. Now, by this time, in the, an advanced stage of decomposition. in the It's springtime, boys. The grass is green, the birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan
0: a family vacation.
1: No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process? You pick up a language naturally. Designed for long-term retention. Speech recognition. The true accent
2: feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone? day sayonara. sayonara shout out to AstroPro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples my allergies are throwing my whole morning off do i sound different to you, <laughs> I
1: love that. you sound,
2: <laughs> it's that time of year there bro i sound different to me i feel like i'm in a submarine yeah well have you tried
1: AstroPro? it's faster bro oh. all right astro Pro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray To it, and then hey, there's some hunks of hair. Um, the skull is showing. They can't tell what race it is. There's no skin. They can't tell what race it is. The maggots are everywhere. It's like a soup inside of the vehicle. So, and we're not talking about a mummified body. We're talking about a body that is just, you know, being eaten. In disintegrating in the South Louisiana heat in late May in, in and in an enclosed truck like that. It's going to be hotter than shit. But he looks in, the guy's got on black shoes, or the body has on black shoes, appears to be maybe green or black pants, and then a shirt, and it, he knows right away, right? I mean, he saw the T-shirt sticking out of the gas cap with the burn marks on it, but... He knew this was above his pay grade, so he backs out without throwing up and calls, uh, uses his cell phone, actually, because it's kind of in the woods, and the, back then their radios really were for shit. He calls dispatch on his cell phone and told him to send the detectives, send his supervisor, the detectives, the coroner's office, the Louisiana State Police Crime Lab texts, in, I believe, it was a probable homicide. Now, why would he think it's a homicide? I mean, it's there's a chance, I guess, that this dude offs himself after he tries to light the truck on fire, but it's not probable, right? I mean, people ask me all the time, how do you determine probable cause? What do you, if it's 50% plus one, well, you have to use your experience. And him looking at the how the truck was attempted to be burned— and this dead person sprawled across the floor of the truck. He just knew he didn't want to fuck with it, right? So he called in, and within, an, uh, I think within an hour of the initial call, Detective Don Mackey for the East Feliciana Parish Sheriff's Office arrived on scene. Now, let me tell you about Don. He's a, he's a career, lifelong law enforcement professional, and they only had, the East and Parish Sheriff's Office only had two detectives at the time. So I used to think we got screwed in Livingston when we had eight to work everything, right? Well, these guys really got the short end of the stick. But at the same time, I think it gives you an advantage because you cover all types of crimes. You're not just working homicides, or you're not just assigned to burglaries or robberies or whatever, you're working everything. So I, I know that it makes you a more well-rounded investigator, and you certainly get to know all different walks of life, from your thieves to um, your hookers to your you know, murderers or whatever, right? The, the people that would be good for something like this—you, dope dealers, for sure. I mean, they worked everything. And, and Don is still there to this day. He is a white male. I think he's probably a couple years older than me, and um, he's a little bit shorter than me. Uh, he's a—he's a—he's a good old boy, born and raised in these Fleishman Parish. And and I tell you what, investigative wise, I put him up against anybody, and um, because of his And I think that people misjudge smaller departments, even like Livingston back in the day, you know, they're huge now. I think they have 30-something detectives where we had eight back in the day. I think some of the bad guys would come and commit crimes and burn vehicles and things out there because they think you're dealing with some podunk police They're not going to do their jobs or they don't know, you know, enough to do or whatever. But on... Don Mackey, shit, he's he, I mean, he's a he does it all. And and it is certainly not his first homicide. He's worked every single one of them since he's made detective that's happened in the parish. Now, does it does East Feliciana have as many homicides as Livingston or East Baton Rouge? No. But guess what? They don't have the help either. So but Don arrived on the scene. And just like me, like I told you all in the past, what do you do? Now, where they screw it up on Jessica Chambers' case by, by having too small of a crime scene, right? Don wants a big, wide area, and he works from the outside in. And the one advantage he has on the stinking, rotten body of the victim, or alleged, or assuming it's a victim, of the person in the truck is... People don't want to smell that shit. And you know, your lucky lose, your sheriff, and those you know, who show up, they might get within 15 yards and, and it's going to, gag reflexes are going to hit them and they got to back out, right? So Don works it from the outside in, and the crime lab guys show up and they photograph it. They take their time, they photograph the whole scene, everything around the scene, make sure they aren't destroying any evidence, trampling on anything. And they, Get up to the truck, right? Come working in a 360. I tell you, you, I always say I photograph it like I'm working a homicide because you never know which one of those photos or the video is going to come back and give you the key to break the case. But he's working around and working around and of interest to him certainly was the the T-shirt shoved into the gas tank that had been lit on fire at some point. It was scorched up, but it didn't blow up the truck. So And of course, in his knowledge, he knows that somebody tried to dispose of the uh body in the truck by fire, but they eventually he gets up to it and he looks in and and he just sees a mess it's a soup literally i mean the the uh, um it's just funk uh, you know I don't know if y'all know, but like flies, okay, a fly will come in and and eat on a piece of uh, decaying meat, right? Once the human body dies and starts to decompose right away, you start to give off a certain type of scent. And, and flies will find that. And what happens is they come in and they eat and they lay eggs while they're eating. And those eggs turn, hatch and turn into maggots. The maggots then begin to eat and they can eat like a ton, and they eat until they turn to a adult fly, and then they lay more eggs, and that's where more maggots come. And So they've actually done it like at the body farm in the University of Tennessee. They can take maggots off the body and look at it under a ma- microscope. That's why we collect those. Look at it under the microscope and give you a pretty accurate time of death and uh, within a day or so, right, because of what generation the maggots are. The maggots will eat until they turn into the fly. flies eating, and they go on and do whatever the fuck flies do. But that's this is there. I mean, the flies are in there, the maggots are in there, the, and I, I wasn't there, but I can tell you that Don's thinking, fuck this, you know, there's no way that I can work this. Um, he did look in and see a I think he saw a a, a black nokia cell phone mm-hmm. laying in part of the nastiness, but what do you do at this point? Well, I'd have done the same thing after they photographed it to death and you collect anything you can from the crime scene, including the t- shirt and all that. he called for a tow truck a seventy nine a rollback, and what they did was they he ordered for the truck to be taken to the Louisiana State Police Crime Lab so they could process the interior with the body for evidence. And they did that. They took it in, and they brought it in, and he said it stunk even worse. And and he was kind of hoping that maybe some of the smell would get washed off of it on this about 35 miles or so from where he was to the Louisiana State Police Crime Lab. And he was hoping some of the smell had got washed away. He said it was worse. And the The crime lab base where they do these inspections are not real huge, right? And so they come in and uh, called for the bone lady, Dr. Mary Manaheim from LSU. Now she spent her life Working with corpses. Okay, and she had one um, pretty famous. Most of y'all know about it, the Faces Lab. And she can take dead people and reconstruct their faces and and show you what they looked like when they were alive. But that's not the only thing she did. She spent her career kicking ass and taking names on a case like this. Guess what? You don't need an autopsy. Uh, uh, the you need the Bone Lady, right? I mean the. Um, uh, a forensic pathologist is not going to be... There's there's nothing left on this body, y'all, all right? There's nothing left on this body but a few pieces of hair and some tendons, okay? And what's a pathologist? can't tell you what happened from that, right? So you, they call in the bone lady to take, sign the chain of custody and take, I remember, evidence, everything, and take the body in to do it. But let me back up because I got ahead of myself. So what what happened is, with the body, is the the deceased becomes deceased, and your body starts to build up gases. Right, it swells, and then some of y'all on the crew page were talking about you know drowning a bo- or sinking a body and using chicken wire and all that. So the, the so the gases can escape. Well, it is what it is. The, the, in this case, what happened, were the reason they couldn't see inside the windows. Is because this guy's body exploded, and it, it happens. You will swell. The gases build up as your body disintegrates—not disintegrates, decomposes. The gases build up and up and up, and you swell, swell, swell until boom. It, You—it literally pops like a, a water balloon, and all that funk and nastiness was his intestines, the um, everything inside of his body that could fly and. F- uh, be scattered. About when it blows, it blows. Right, so that's what was covered in the window, the film on the windows. But Mac, Don, and Mac, had noticed some uh blood on the passenger side when they were dealing with the body. Blood, different than the the funk that's blown all over the the interior of the vehicle. And when they take the the body out, the what's left, of the body out, the remains out, and and the to give it to the bone lady, they take it out. He sees the Nokia cell phone, which of course you know um, that's going to be huge, right? If he can establish who the victim was talking to or the dead body was talking to, and establish this timeline before death. The um, but he looks down on the floor and on the passenger side, and he sees something that he's never seen before in all his years of working homicides or working in law enforcement period, he sees an eyeball. But it's not a human eyeball. It's a glass eyeball looking up at him. Truts him out. And and then when they go and look at the skull, that there is the right eye is missing from this cat, from this victim's head. So an eye on you, right? The, um, I mean, that certainly is going to help in identifying your victim. I don't know how many people there are in the world that are missing their right eye, but I know it's, there's a lot more of them that certainly do have it. So they take the eye into evidence and the phone into evidence. And then he notices a bullet, a spent, um, uh, Head of the bullet, the not the casing, the the round, the um, as it's been fired, and I, I told you about that in the past. When a bullet, a bullet contains two parts: the lead part or the bullet jacket part, and then the container, the end that contains the the gunpowder. And it, it's the hammer of the gun strikes the uh, the end of the the brass, and it, it causes a spark, which causes the gunpowder to explode, which causes the bullet to come out. But the bullet, he finds it's not you know, in pristine condition. He can't tell what caliber it is or anything like that. It's obviously been fired through something, so he knows he's got a homicide now, without a doubt, right? So they get it out, and then they're going to, they still got to process it, this funk, this nasty black soup stuff in uh, this is why this one stuck with me. All the, the the you know how they did it. How do you get everything out of that truck when there's all the remains are exploded in, decomped in, full of maggots, in flies. I mean, just the absolute worst smelling. Nastiest. I don't care how much of a hard ass you are as a, a veteran detective. You you get a, a stinker like that, it's bad. Okay, and it will gag you. And I would always breathe through my mouth and not my nose, and that helped me. But they still got to clean and they got to keep processing in case there's something underneath the muck. And so, how do they do it? They use shovels. They ended up getting shovels and having the shovel the the guts and the maggots and the rest of that stuff out and processing it now that's one day i'm glad i wasn't on duty right but it has to be done and don mac and then they did it right i mean it's it's a it's a murder case as bad as it is it's a murder case and then tell you about uh dr mary she she has been on one more nasty gruesome scenes you know you be old homicide detective and and whether it's from suicides or murders or you know you you get sent to check on a welfare check on somebody during the summertime their relative calls from new york city and says i hadn't talked to my aunt in two weeks and you can you go check on well when you get out of your unit you can smell it from the outside, right? It's the same type of thing. I've gone and, and gone to move bodies ever blowed bloated
2: before they blew up and the, their skin. Looking for a new and healthier way to unwind? I was too. And then I tried Recess Mood. Recess Mood replaced that after-dinner alcoholic beverage for me, so I saw a difference in both my mood and my belly. It's made with real fruit. It is only 20 calories and it contains no added sugar. Recess Mood is infused with functional ingredients like mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangovers. Recess Mood tastes great too and comes in four different flavors. My favorite flavor is the Strawberry Rose. So whether you need a moment away from the errands, work, and kids, or you just need a moment of chill during dinnertime chaos, recess mood is where it's at whenever you need to relax and unwind. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to rlrc and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement.
1: Loss off, and it's like a gel that comes out. It's just bad. And then, I mean, I don't care how hardcore you are, it's just bad. But Dr. Mannheim could uh, hold her own, and she, I mean, she's just a legend in the field, right? So, but she, you anyway, know, long story short, she took it, the remains, the skull, et cetera, into her lab at LSU, and she was able to determine that the victim was shot. And by using the skull, you're uh, uh, able to determine the victim was shot and killed by a gunshot wound to the head. So that gives get you your cause of death. But what does Mackey do? Uh, Detective Mackey in East Louisiana Parish Sheriff's Office. Well, certainly you're going to run the, the plate on the truck. He runs it, comes back to a guy off Hollywood Street in Baton Ridge. Now, Hollywood Street in Baton Rouge is down... Close to kind of where the refineries are, uh, certainly a, a poor area of the city. And in, I guess, I mean, it's kind of the hood. It's, I don't know any other way to put it. It's, it's a high crime area, and so it comes back registered to a guy of a Hollywood Street. And turns out that it, Mackie goes and finds out that the guy from Hollywood Street, and I don't want to mess this up, the order I'm going to tell you, the guy from Hollywood Street had already been reported missing some time ago, and it was his girlfriend that reported him missing, and she went the day after he went missing. She said he got a phone call at 1145 at night No big deal. Not out of the norm. He got up, got dressed, and he left, but he never came back. That was the kicker. He always came back, right? And so the next day or whenever it was, she was thinking, well, maybe he's cheating on me. So she called his mom and was like, hey, you know, he always comes home. Does he have another lady? And and his mom's like, no, he doesn't have another lady. And then she goes and makes a uh, missing persons report, and she, she walks in to make the report, and she tells the officer behind the desk, she says, listen, I know he is a drug dealer, okay, and it's not unusual for him to get up and leave in the middle of the night, and I know he has a long history, but I'm telling you, something is wrong. He always comes home, and he won't, he's not answering his phone or anything like that, and I, I just know he always comes home. And so the officer took the report and they sent it downtown to um, the criminal investigation division. And, you know, the, 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 back then, or even nowadays, I guess you would say, you get that one come across your desk, you're going to look at it, and you look at its criminal history, and then it was long and lengthy, and we'll get into it next week. But you look at it as criminal history, and you'll be like, well, you know, it's a grown man, whatever. But the vehicle's still missing. Nobody knows that, right? And now... This she reported him right after he he went missing, and Mack and them don't find him obviously until a later date after when the body's decomposed and blown up and it's oh that's what they said the uh that that eyeball that glass eye would have been expelled from his head like like a projectile when the body blew the the least uh what's it the, the least amount of tissue so whatever whatever's holding in in. Gets expelled first. I'm mean, holding whatever your body is holding on to. The, the least amount gets expelled first. Like your stomach's gonna blow first because there's no ribs and all that, and the heart and all that will go later on. But the eye, being a fake eye and eye socket, they said it would have shot across the truck like a champagne cork. So, but she knew something was wrong. She went in, and made the report. They didn't do anything about it. So she goes out and takes it upon herself to put up flyers. Of the guy in her neighborhood saying he's missing, and that's it. I'm gonna leave it there for this week. The y'all next week, I uh, I will tell you the uh, about the actual investigation and give you the names and everything else. There's a there's a lot to it that goes in, but I own you. And and two things that really stuck with me: the the, the glass eye in the truck. And the now look, I've worked cases on the on with a severe decomp like that, and but I hadn't had to shovel anybody the fuck out of a truck. I mean that's bad, right? Jeez, Louise. And, and you talk about hey, that and they weren't making any money. I mean, not that law enforcement makes a ton of money anyway, but you you make pretty much you make based off of whatever your tax base is, right? I mean, if you're – I think Kenner Police Department right outside of New Orleans used to be the highest paid in the state, but they had the industry. They had the airport and different stuff like that that they made the taxes off of. West Feliciana Parish, exact opposite of East Feliciana Parish because they had the nuclear plant. And once they had, uh, the nuclear plant's tax exemption deal was up, Shit, they get. I think the sheriff's office gets like a million dollars a year just off the nuclear plant taxes. I mean, that's a lot. So East Louisiana, poor Don and him couldn't have been making chicken scratch. And and I I talked to one of the guys who was working in jail at the time, and he said, "Shit, man, I was making like three dollars an hour, three dollars and fifteen cents an hour." You know, so I don't know, fuck that. uh, that, uh, But the job has to be done, and I guess they did it well. But let's close this one up. For this week, the beginning of Season 7 with Eye on You. And next week, tune in, and I'm going to roll through the rest of it. It won't be a long series, y'all, but it was a really good investigation. Um, if it truly really was a it. from, I mean, his girlfriend didn't know, right? And Don didn't even know who his victim was until he ran the plate on the truck and, uh, and investigated it further, but anyway, all right, so podcast stuff, Justice for Courtney Coco, I am recording this a tad bit early, like a week early, so you should get this on uh, the weekend of March the 5th, yeah. You get it on weekend Marshville. I hope we hear something on Courtney Coco by the end. The, 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 I believe the COVID numbers are gone down enough in the state of Louisiana where the governor has to reinstate grand juries, okay? And so we're gonna see what happens. But if not, then as always, justice for Courtney Coco. Miss Barbara Blunt, I know y'all, it's like I'm like a broken record, but I get tips because I say this. And for those of you, the last couple of you that uh, have sent me some tips that I haven't got back to yet, let me tell you something. The last two weeks were real mf um We had the storm, and, and we were literally frozen in. We had several inches of snow the first day up here in the northeast Shannon Parish, right on the Mississippi line. And It came in and it snowed, but then it came in and it iced over for a week, which in South Louisiana just didn't happen. And on top of that, all the running around, everything I've done in the past year with COVID, well, guess what? I was sick for two weeks in bed, pretty much immobilized, and just made it through by the grace of God. Oh, so the reason I'm telling you this is the ones – that sent on Miss Barbara blinds, I am going to reach back out to you. I got your messages, um, but y'all, please continue to share Miss Barbara's story. The the COVID's going to end. They, you know, people are going to get vaccinated. The number's going to go down. They have to open things back up when they do. We're going to hit the ground running. And when Courtney Coco's case, the arrests are made, we are going to hit the ground running. Miss Barbara blinds, don't call it a cold case. So. Oh, that hotline tip line, y'all, for Miss Barbara, pretty much anything else, it's 225 395 1302. 225 395 1302. And I'm never going to answer it direct. It goes to a voicemail, so you have to leave a message. Uh, patron, people always ask them, Patron, Patreon, however you say it. And look, it's a lot of benefits to go with that, y'all. It's, they, 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 certain tier levels of vandalism up, you have like, I think, at least seven full-length episodes that are in the patron-only vault. Uh, Those are full-length episodes. They get the early releases, early commercial-free, unedited releases. And so they get to hear me make all the mistakes, et cetera, and they don't have to wait to the original drop dates, and they don't have to listen to commercials. And a bunch of other stuff. I mean, it depends on which it, whether you get a shirt or a mug or whatever, whatever. So y'all go check it out. It's at... Uh, go to patreon.com real life real crime. Okay. And don't forget to check out that annual membership, which which is two months free. Follow us on Twitter at real life crime. Follow us on Instagram at real life real crime or at overton woody. And y'all check that out because I put different stuff on Instagram. I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I'm big on Twitter because I don't know shit about it. I don't think I've ever been on it. But the the Instagram is all me, and then most of it is, is totally different than what I put on Facebook. On Facebook, I don't know, we're at 35,000, or not thirty five thirty one thousand five hundred members on our friends, fans, and crew page. That's Real Life, Real Crime, friends, fans, and crew. You can go to this private group. You have to be admitted. Uh, our dream team moderators to get you taken care of. And dream team moderators, I love y'all. Thank you every day for what you do. You have the real life, real crime land page. And that is another private group you have to be admitted to, but you can go there and post anything that's not true crime related, whether you sell something or you want to host a watch party or whatever. It's y'all's page you use any way you want to. That, I think it has four or 5,000 members on it. So go there and check it out. Check it out. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. My regular. Facebook. I cannot accept in, uh, friends, y'all, on my regular Facebook on the Woody Overton page. I am maxed out at 5,000, but I get like 20 requests a day. And so y'all can go to the uh, the regular Real Life, Real Crime page on Facebook. And we're trying to morph that over so everybody can get on that. And finally, if you're Patreon member, it uh you get the real life real crime patron only group on Facebook in like last week, which will actually be tomorrow because I'm recording early. The uh, when I conclude pad tracks, I'm doing a live video. Well, guess what? If you can't catch the, that's on to the patron group only. You can't catch it on the patron group. No big deal because it's say. I mean, you can't catch the live, no big deal because it's saved and, and on that patron-only page. And there's a lot of stuff on there, a lot of stuff on the cases and stuff like that, but you have to be a patron member to get it. So a local business advertising, y'all, the response has been overwhelming. Uh, I'd much rather support small and local businesses. Uh, the Y'all, if you if you're interested in me, Spon- or in sponsoring me and me advertising for you, contact Cindy, C-Y-N-D-I, at com, And we got all kinds of stuff that we can do, all right? And we're about to. And the Crew Bash, I'm hoping to be, I'm going to do a special drop announcement, the second annual Crew Bash Is going to be at the Renaissance in Baton Rouge, and it is going to be a five-star event, totally opposite of last year. But more info is to come on that. So, and it's going to be a a limited, a limited amount of tickets for that for sure. And it's going to be seated, uh, a seated venue. And I'm not going to tell you yet who's playing after. I'm going to do a never-before, adult-only. Live podcast from the stage, and I'm gonna tear it up, and you, you're gonna love it. And then afterwards, I'm not telling you who it is, it's gonna play yet. Um, we'll wait for the announcement. We're gonna have the live band, and it's just gonna be a throwdown, y'all. Celebrate everything from our growth to two years. It, I mean, real life Real Crime, I can't believe that it blows me, trips me out every time I think about doing this over just over two years, and then the growth you know, over three and a half million. And last year in February, I was I was at a million. And this year in February, even during the height of COVID, we're at over three and a half million. And that's because you lifers rock. And I love and appreciate each and every one of you. LOPA, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. Go to Lopa dot org, sign up to be an organ donor give, the gift of life, sight, whatever. Be a hero, y'all. Donate it. Um, It doesn't matter where you are in the world. Let me look at my map. Uh, Pick out another country. I have the pins in for all the different countries. Let's go with Scotland. If you're a listener in Scotland, you can join and be an open organ donor by going to lopa.org. And if there is a spot on there. Uh, if you fill it out and they ask you how you heard about them, I mean, you can check Real Life, Real Crime. So that's it. I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder Bayou. Peace.
2: Get ready.